Do you remember when I said that Francis's time was growing short? Some thought I was being ghoulish or reveling in his state. I was doing no such thing, I assure you. I only wished the best for him, honestly. But I am not the only one to notice that when a man of his advanced years goes through what he just did recently, that the amount of time one has left is typically pretty limited. That's not exactly a huge revelation, and it's also not a universal rule either, of course, but it is a safe bet. It's such a safe bet, in fact, that many of Francis's stalwart allies are now beginning to softly turn on him, or at the very least to prepare to replace him, because of course they are. Loyalty isn't something we should expect out of modernness too much, right? They should be celebrating now with uh, Francis's new motu proprio out, but, you know, that's a topic for another time. Anyway, they are turning on Francis, and I'd really like to think that if anything will wake him up, it could be this. I'm not going to bank on that, though, of course. Our story comes from Sandro de Magister's column at L'Espresso, one of Europe's most highly regarded Catholic news sites, and, and he is one of, of the Church's most highly regarded commentators. He's not exactly one who is prone to wild speculations about future happenings of the Church. He provides us a story that shows part of the nature of the modernist, what really makes them tick, and how they have few qualms about taking opportunities to pursue power, even at the expense of their own. Headline. Conclave in view. Everyone backing away from Francis. Now, this article was written in Italian, and I am relying on Google Translate for this translation, so please bear with me. By the way, if you want to read the article for yourself, I post my sources on my website at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this channel or podcast with a .org at the end. Just look for the post with the title of this episode in it. I post everything there, except for that rare occasion, <laughs> where I forget to, which I am definitely trying to be better about. Anyway, according to Magister, the Allies of Francis are beginning to realize that his time is drawing short, and that the time has come to begin distancing themselves from him as they plan the next conclave. Magister describes this as the theses of two books making the rounds in the Roman Curia at the moment. Quote, the first is entitled La Chiesa Bruccia, and the second Il Grege Smarito. Both outline a poor state of the church with a marked deterioration during none other than the current pontificate. But the authors are by no means opponents of Pope Francis. The first book is signed by Andrea Riccardi, church historian and founder of the community of Sant'Egidio, highly influential with the Pope, who often receives him in private audience and has entrusted to him, among other things, the direction of the splashy interreligious summit presided over by Francis himself last October 20th in the Piazza del Campidoglio. While the second book is signed by a newly hatched association called Essere Chi, whose numero uno is Giuseppe D'Arita, 89, founder of Censis and dean of Italian sociologists, as well as the protagonist of a period of post-conciliar Catholicism that had at its key event in 1976 in a major church assembly on evangelization and human promotion. In his book, it is precisely the broad outline of that long-ago conference that D'Arita proposes as the model for the church today, as opposed, in his view, to what John Paul II and Benedict XVI are seen as having done with their boring insistence on evangelization alone, neglecting human promotion and the network of social relations. End quote. So both books are written by close Francis loyalists who are hyper-focused on turning the church into a man-centered organization instead of a God-centered one. That is Magister's assessment, and given the work they've done since the 70s, I doubt that it's an unfair one either. Their work has been in opposition to the hermeneutic of continuity side of the church, that side that seeks to reconcile the differences between the preconciliar Catholicism with the Second Vatican Council and an allegedly authentic interpretation of said council. 
Think John Paul II, Benedict XVI, Cardinal Burke, Cardinal Seurat, if you need names to go with ideas. These men pushing these books are hypermodernists, and this goes well beyond books, by the way. Magister goes through a list of possible middle-of-the-road types of people who could replace Francis, but remember, those who walk into the conclave as presumed favorite to become pope leave the conclave as cardinals almost always, with the exceptions being in the conclaves of 2013 and 2005. But Magister is sensing the direction the trade winds are blowing, and it all points to one thing, a loss of confidence in Francis by his closest allies. Quote, As the two books cited above prove, the time has come to back away from the reigning pope, if one aims to succeed him. After wringing out all the favors it could, the Santa Egidio lobby has decided to put Francis on the shelf. The church is not in a good state, the flock is lost, and it's time for a new pope. The two books trace his profile in their own way. Too bad the aimlessness of both on the real apocal challenges that the church is called to face today will not help him, end quote. Magister isn't the only one saying this either, and we'll get back to him in a moment anyway. The Jesuits are saying this as well. Not Pastor Jimmy Martin, though, at least for once, and at least not to my knowledge, but Pastor Thomas Reese of the Jesuit Church certainly is, and he is beginning to float the idea that Francis only has a few years left. But he's making it sound like he'll be around for a while yet. Clearly, this idea is meant to make it sound like he's still close to Pacapapa Francis spiritually, and has the right attitude and all of that, but you can clearly see what is going on in, in this piece that he has here. Headline. The beginning of the end for the Francis Papacy. The piece comes from Religion News. And Pastor Reese begins by describing Francis's procedures and taking a realistic assessment of what happens when a man his age has those kinds of issues. Nothing wrong with really any of that, to be honest. But then there's this, quote, But even with the best projections, age is catching up to Francis. Barring a miracle, he will only be expected to continue as Pope for five or six years. We may look back at his recent procedure as the moment that marked the beginning of the end of his papacy. If that's the case, we will also be able to count incredible achievements. End quote. Ah, yes, incredible achievements. I'll spare us all a recounting of that. But do you see what he is doing here? He's getting the faithful ready for a set of a Kant and subsequent conclave. In theory, at any rate, since no one knows how much more time Francis will have to do his work, except, of course, our Lord. And what work is that, though? Pastor Thomas gives us the answer. We're making the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. He lists remaking the Episcopate as a failing of Francis's tenure to date, and one that still has he has time to rectify, since they, the scourge of clericalism is still apparently something that must be dealt with in the Church. Quote, one of the best examples is the United States, where neither the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops nor the seminaries are bastions of Francis supporters. Bishops who embody Francis's values make up only 20 to 40 of the 223 active U.S. bishops. And among the clergy, Francis receives his greatest support from older priests who are retiring, rather than younger ones who are the future of the church. Instead of taking to heart the axiom that personnel is policy, he left in place a Benedict appointee, Cardinal Mark Willette, as prefect of the Congregation for Bishops, the office that vets candidates for the episcopacy. The nuncios who suggest episcopal candidates were also trained and advanced under John Paul and Benedict, and for the first three years of Francis's papacy, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, an archenemy, served in that role in the United States. As a result, even the American bishops appointed under Francis are a mixed bag. End quote. Pastor Thomas goes on and describes the American seminaries as being bastions of rigidity and how Francis fans have little chance of getting into seminary, which is frankly laughable. But this notion of filling vacancies and remaking the church is something very much on the mind of the modernists, 
as they have openly called for him to get with it and fill the U.S. Episcopate as well as the Episcopate overseas. From the National Catholic Reporter, we get this story about Francis having the opportunity to fill all these open posts. Headline, with looming retirements, Francis can pick up the pace on naming U.S. bishops. The author begins by talking about the communion debacle and uses language that clearly puts him on the side of the super very extremely devout man that I call Caesar and his coterie who are super very devout while opposing every stance the church takes on the important topics of the day and how that proves the U.S. bishops are out of step with Francis. And then we get this, quote, Yet if Francis, who turned 84 in December, is seeking to pick up the pace of Episcopal appointments with bishops more aligned with his agenda, he does have a number of opportunities on the horizon. To date, three dioceses in the U.S. are currently vacant. Another nine bishops have already passed the age of 75, when bishops are required to submit their resignation to the Pope, and there are several other dioceses that will soon open. End quote. And then there are other dioceses where the bishops may have to be removed due to uh, Ted McCarrick-style issues, which is just great. That brings up the total number of bishops that Francis can replace in America to a minimum of 20, and that's just this year. But the concept of Francis being almost out of time permeates everything in modernist outlets right now. They're practically salivating at the opportunity to ram through a Francis II, which is frankly almost shocking to think about. Back to that original article for a moment. Magister mentions two names that he believes are Francis's top picks for his successor, and they'll make you dance with joy or more likely bang your head against your desk. Those men are, wait for it, Cardinal Togley and Cardinal Reinhard Marx. Yeah, you heard that right. Quote, Francis is a known quantity. He has his favorites for the succession. The first is the Filipino Cardinal, Luis Antonio Joaquim Togley, Prefect for the Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples. For this reason, one of the best-known cardinals in the world. For Togley, it is objected, there is the obstacle of age. He is 64 years old and therefore could reign too long for the cardinals to bet on him. But above all, he is considered too close to Jorge Mario Bergoglio not to end up overwhelmed by the many grievances over the current pontificate, which will inexorably come into the open in a future conclave. For this reason, Togley has been lying low for some time. He who in the early years of the current pontificate had been so active and vocal. He is prudently keeping his distance. All the more so now that the pontificate is at an end and its shortcomings are increasingly evident. End quote. As for Cardinal Reinhard Marx, do we even need to go there? He was one of the architects of Amoris Laetitia and part of the pure theater in May and June about his stepping down that was not accepted by Francis and that got flipped around and turned into Francis's full-throated support being expressed for the German synodal path may drive a wedge into the church between Catholics and whatever the rest will be called when it's done, a formal schism. But with Francis's support, the illusion of a lack of schism will be maintained, which is probably the whole point of that, and Cardinal Reinhard Marx ascending the throne of Peter might be seen as a sort of internal unity power move. I mean, who knows, though? Maybe he'll be Pope. That would be a hilariously tragic way to follow up a Francis pontificate. But clearly they are turning on Francis. And one of the things that I won't say I like it about him, but I almost appreciate about Francis, is that he doesn't take deceit or betrayal well at all. He has no tolerance for it. I'd expect that he isn't unaware of what these people are saying or planning and that he will act accordingly. So watch carefully to see if he takes steps to corral these wayward modernists. Maybe things will get entertaining in the near future, and in a good way. But who knows? We live in interesting times. But let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.